This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Titus. And today, um, first off, I got to say, sorry for not getting these episodes out. I've been doing pretty good for what, um, probably five weeks. Had two out a week. Got a little busy with work, was out of town, but I'll talk a little bit more about that. Got some good good stuff going on there for some waterfowl stuff. Um, And then... That being said, rolled through the weekend, didn't have time, been on night shifts, just getting hammered, not getting much sleep. So anyways, yeah, I'm here getting this done. Got one rolling out Thursday. At least we got one out this week, and then I'm doing my dead level best to keep rolling with the two deal. I just, unexpected circumstances. And um, there's some other things that's been going on, really good things, actually, and uh I shouldn't even say that because I can't really talk about it right now, but some great information and, and announcements coming down the road for us. But yeah, let's get into this episode. I'll keep this one kind of short today, um, just kind of semi of an update. And also, I really wanted to push this. I know we talked about it in one episode, though, but for you guys that didn't hear that one, which was with Kevin, my buddy Kevin, we were talking about the Delta Waterfowl Expo. We are 100% going. Me and Thomas are going to the Delta Waterfowl Expo in Little Rock, Arkansas, July 28th through the 30th. So if any of you guys are there or within driving distance, please come out. Let's let's hook up. Let's say hi. Let's shake hands. Let's talk ducks. Um, really want to meet a bunch of people. I feel like um, just haven't went to a lot of those kind of events. I've went to some here in California, but... 
I'm really stuck, stoked about this. This is the Duck Hunters, basically, uh, revival, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> it's preseason. Season be getting close at that point. A lot of people are prepping up for early till in a lot of states, and we'll be prepping up for some early hunts that we partake of for the last two, three years. So the duck juices are going to be flowing. We're going to be pumped. Everybody's going to want to talk ducks, and I really would like to meet you guys. We're going to be spending a lot of time at the Heavy Shot booth, so you're definitely going to want to come there. The closer it gets, <clears throat> the more information I'll have about what's the booth number, where it's going to be in the expo. The plan is to do a bunch of podcasts, so maybe we'll have a couple of you uh, people that are big-time duck hunters, waterfowl enthusiasts uh, on the show with us and just maybe do it right there in the Heavy Shop booth. We'd like to have a couple guests uh, just, I don't like saying the word, it's not really fans, it's just, I, I feel like, how, how do I explain that? I feel like when I meet you guys, I just feel like we're on the same team or something. I don't know how to explain that, but... I feel like you guys have been such a big support and so uh, generous to us and everything. And I want to say thank you for all uh, the new. Actually, let me read those. There's been some new ones on the Apple podcast. I guess this episode is kind of like a touching basis. I'm touching back to, I guess you'd call it like everyday life. You know, like we do these episodes, have a lot of guests, and we don't kind of get down to the nitty-gritty. But this one was a little bit more to the nitty-gritty. And also kind of like um, a down-to-earth episode, you know what I mean? So anyways, on the Apple podcast, there's a couple new ones. Um, just some, I, I like trying to shout you guys out. I don't know if I read this one, but if I didn't, I'm just going to go ahead and do it again anyways. Um, April 27th, 2023, Brad B52 said, Great show, especially when they talk real news and politics. Thank you, Brad. A dot right ducks said awesome podcast awesome content even better dudes they cover anything and everything waterfowl thanks for all the hard work you guys put in love tuning into each and every episode and then the last one the newest one <coughs> and i recognize this name max max gurney thank you man for writing a uh, review on the apple podcast platform and giving it a rating he said love this podcast love hearing about rocky and training labs i am currently training my lab and have gone back to youtube videos of ties training rocky i would highly recommend Highly recommend the YouTube channel as well. So thank you so much, guys. And if you haven't wrote any reviews or or gave any ratings on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I appreciate you doing that. Helps out a lot and uh, brings us up on the charts. So thank you, Max, for that. And uh, <clears throat> that being said, oh, that's what that's what else I need to write that down. Or no, I did. Okay, cool. Um, that being said, uh. We are, the videos are going to start dropping here ASAP. Um, <clears throat> I know there has been a hiatus and there there always has been the last couple of years for me personally because I find that if after duck season I take a little bit of a break and I don't record, don't film, don't do anything, I feel like I go into season just ready to rock and roll, put the videos out. Um, I'm also going to be doing my, uh, like, you know, my, uh, what do I call those? It's like the hour-long videos of the, re it's not really a recap. It's basically, I call it a full movie of hunting with no just, like, 
vlogging in it, basically. It's like straight up hunting, like the kill shots, the calling, the dog retrieves, the good stuff that we all like to see and watch. So um, I got those the lot. Let's see, the first Monday. What are we at right here? Actually, and we're almost there. So less than two weeks away on Monday, the first one will drop. Actually, I can't decide if I want to do Sunday or Monday. Um, I'll probably do Monday. <clears throat> the first full movie will drop about an hour long, and they'll be every week for like three or four weeks. So the 26th of June, which is real close, less than two weeks away, um, we'll be dropping that. And it's going to be good. You guys are going to like it. Um, like I said, it's just hunting. It's just straight up hunting, not a lot of chitter chatter and talking. Yeah, blind chatter will be in there, but it's not just a bunch of me, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel about it. I know some people don't mind it, like it, whatever, to be filled in, but it's kind of nice just to sit there and just relax and watch hunting. So that will that is right around the corner. Um, I wanted to just put that there, put that out there to you guys. Um yeah, the first one that will be dropping will be thir number 13. So 13th full movie of hunting. Like I said, they're about an hour long. All right, moving on. I'm also going to have, I have um, one, two, three, almost, I'll have four hunts. Uh, four never before seen hunt videos that I just did not have time to edit last year. Um, write that down, that put in my notes there. Um and one of the best I've ever, ever, ever put on YouTube. Phenomenal roller coaster of emotion hunt video. Um, and to boot, Mystery Duck. I'm not going to say. Um, let's just put it this way it's my favorite video. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean YouTube's going to like it. <laughs> you know, like they might not put it out there, may not a lot of people see it, but I am going to push the dog out of this video because I want everybody to see this. I want everybody to see just how the day played out, bucket list, birds, um, goals, crazy, crazy day. Um, it's a little bit longer. It's almost 20-minute long video, but trust me, that's for no lack of action. I haven't decided when I want to drop that video because if you drop it too early and it's not duck season, it seems like nobody watches it, and I really want this video to do good. Just because I want people to see it. It was an exciting video for me. It was fun to make. Me and Thomas have already watched it a couple times. Me and Travis have watched it. Uh, Nathaniel, Jake, they've all seen it. And they're just, it was crazy. Anyways, so four new hunts coming out from last year. Really good hunts too, not subpar hunts. So I can't wait to show you guys those. So stay tuned for that on the YouTube channel, Mid Valley Mercenaries. If you don't, if there's new people on here that didn't know about our YouTube channel, you got to check it out. Um, next thing I want to talk about is I've been doing some work up north, uh, Northern California. For those of you who don't know, I am a, a helicopter pilot and I've done a lot of things in flying helicopters. Uh, currently right now I'm flying Metaflight. Been total time that I've done that. I've kind of been in and out of it, uh, for the last probably 11 years. I've been flying for 17, but, um, I've done, I've done Metaflight for a total of about man i can't believe it's got to be five and a half five years five six years something like that total <clears throat> going on my third year straight of doing it with i do uh, crop dusting on the side too um on my off weeks really good schedule um for work and uh anyways 
I they have different bases. The company has bases all the United States except for Oregon and Hawaii. Everywhere else has helicopter bases for the same company, Air Methods. Anyways, um, Northern California has some really cool bases that I like to work at, and I usually try to pick up night shift. So I'm off for 12 hours. I work 12 hours at night, and then I'm off for 12 in the day, and I'll do that for whatever it is. When it's overtime, it's like three, four, five days. I picked up a four-day hitch up there on my off week, did some overtime, and I got to get out, and I took my camera, took my long-range lens, lens and my short range lens and just went out there and just shot a ton of pictures at some of these California refuges up there. It was kind of tough because a lot of them, the gates are closed and it was hard to get in close to some birds. And I'm not saying that I was definitely not, I don't feel like I got crazy shots, but what I did get, and you guys got to go look at this. I have no other way of showing you if you're not on Instagram or Facebook, but if you don't follow us on there, and if, if you don't even want, you don't have to follow us to go see it. You can just pull up on Facebook or Instagram, Mid Valley Mercenaries. And the newest picture that I posted, you got to go check it out. Um, it's of the Delta Waterfowl Nest program that they've been doing. I don't know if you've seen, they kind of look like a tube. Basically, it's like grass, hay, you know, it's like a tube with um, chicken wire wrapped in a circle. Like, I want to say it's. The word, I just, I don't want to say this word because I feel like I'm going to butcher it. Cylind, ah, I can't say it. I knew, that's why I wouldn't even, didn't want to try to say it. I can spell it. I just can't say it. It's uh, C-Y-L-I-N-D. I think it's R-I-C-A-L. So, cylindrical? I don't think that's how you say it, but that's going to drive me nuts. You guys know how I am. Go ahead, laugh. Hopefully, you guys laugh when I say stupid stuff like this and not think how much of an idiot I am. Maybe you don't say the, add the A-L on the end. I thought you did. Yeah, you do. Cylindrical. Cylindrical. Cylindrical? Cylindrical. <laughs> That's how the dictionary has it spelled out. Here, let's, here, let's do this. Oh, boy. Cylindrical. 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 I knew that. How do I not say that right? Maybe I did. Cylindrical. Cylindrical. I did say that. Well, anyways, Titus is over here having an argument with himself in his head while you guys are rolling your eyes in your truck right now. Anyways, cylindrical. It's a cylindrical <laughs> uh, nest that has basically like a metal, you know, square metal rod that goes up, uh, I'm going to say about four feet, four and a half feet. They always put it out in the middle of the water, usually. Uh, anyways, it's Delta Waterfowl. Delta Waterfowl put 200 of these up in California alone to test the nesting and if they would take to it. Well, you know, uh, most waterfowl nest in, on the ground, and it, they're very susceptible to the foxes, coyotes, snakes, um, what are a uh, raccoons getting in there? And so they created this. It's really cool. Um, like I said, I kind of described it to you, but you're thinking in your head, there's plenty of room for the hen to get inside there, but you're thinking in your head, can, do they actually fly up in that? And is how hard is that for them to get up in there and get inside of it, lay their eggs and do all that stuff. Right. Because we're not worried about the ducklings because 
you if you've watched any of the National Day graphics, you know the wood ducks laying uh, laying their nest way up in a tree, like you know 60, 80 feet high, and those little baby ducklings are so light, fluffy that when they jump out and fall, they just hit the leaves and just kind of bounce, and never do they really get injured where they are wounded or hurt. So we already know that's not going to be an issue for the baby ducklings coming out of there. If that four-and-a-half-foot drop, they'll just drop right straight out into the water. So that's not an issue, but you're thinking, okay, are the, are the hens going to be able to get up in there, and are they going to use it? That's the bigger question, right? Are they going to use it? Um, I'll, I'll read Jeff Adams uh, works for this uh, Delta Waterfowl. Great guy. We had a chapter flow, got a chapter going. Awesome Burst took that over uh, the grasslands chapter. I want to say thank you to Austin for taking that over. Just did not have time. I wanted to get it going, but I did not have time to continue to run it. <clears throat> but someone asked, are they hand, nest hand-built or do they add the straw? Um, Jeff Adams came on there and helped out said, the hen houses are hand-built. This one and others in the area are part of a study started just this year. Okay, just this year. I thought it was, I thought it was last year, but I know I've seen those around for longer than that, but maybe it was just for California. It said, just this year by Delta Waterfowl to see how California mallards. So yes, California. They had them at other places. I knew I'd seen them before. To see how California mallards react to and take to them all in an effort to help boost the numbers of this population in the state once again. Chapters of the foundation also build these and install them in areas where they live and hunt to help the local nesting populations. Volunteers return each winter to add more grass to the nest, both on the outside and on the inside. The old bedding is removed to double check for egg fragments and to add fresh bedding for returning hens. It also, it is also interesting to note that once a hen utilizes these nests, they will return to it year after year. The hens born into nesting structures are also more likely to use them for their nests as they return to the same area they were born in to ultimately begin nesting as well. So this picture I have. So this is what happened. So I'm out there at this specific, specific refuge in Northern California. And I'm like, oh, cool. The Delta Warfowl, you know, uh, hen, hen houses. I'm like, okay. I'm kind of in my head trying to create a storyline, right? Like, actually, right when I got there, it was overcast, stormy, thunderstorming. And I, as soon as I get there, all of a sudden I look over to my right and I see a rooster pheasant sneaking through the grass. I'm like, oh, I grab my camera real quick, never taking picture of one. It was really hard, though, to focus on him because the uh, grass was kind of over him, so I had to do a manual focus, which is fine, but he was walking kind of fast, so it was hard to keep him in tack-sharp focus. Plus, he was kind of far away, too. I was fully zoomed out to 600 millimeters. So I got a picture of him. I was like, cool, man. I've never you know, taken wild pheasant on a, a still before of one. I've got him on video before, but anyways... Then I drive, you know, 100 more yards. All of a sudden, I see this little covey of quail jump up and land pretty close to the road. And this nice little male, you know, just with his little bob up on top. With the, He was with a hen, and I'm thinking maybe quail, they don't go by hen like that. I don't know what they refer to. Sorry, I'm not a, I'm not, I haven't done a lot of upland, especially for quail. I'd love to. We got some places in California we can. I just, I just don't do it. I, not because I don't want to, just other things going on. 
Anyways, um, I took a picture, got a picture of them, really cool, and I'm like, man, that's gonna be cool. I'm gonna kind of create a storyline. I seen that hen house over there, and I was like, I'm gonna drive around, and get closer to it. So I'm like, okay, you know, do a posting on social media, just you know, the different types and the wildlife is just cool to see. You know, drive around, and I get my long range camera camera out, and I'm looking through through the viewfinder. And I see it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to zoom way in on this, take some good pictures of it, put it in this posting I'm talking about. And below it, as I'm looking through, I haven't started snapping pictures yet. I see this hen on the water below it. And I didn't really think nothing of it, but I was like, oh, that'd be cool. So I snapped, you know, held the shutter down a little bit, took a couple pictures, kind of still watching her through the lens. All of a sudden, she lifts to come out of the water. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll get this bird in flight. Again, it's farther away. I just hold the shutter button down, and now it's going. Well, as it's snapping, I see her lifting, kind of going towards the nest, and all of a sudden she disappears. I let go of the shutter button, and I'm like, huh. You know, like I thought to myself, how? where did she go? Because I put my camera down. I'm like looking in the air, looking all around, like where in the world did that hen go? There's no way she got out of Dodge that fast unless she landed back in the water again. I just don't see her. So I'm like. Yeah, whatever. I, I I put the camera down, drive around looking for some more birds. There wasn't actually a lot of birds out there, but there was good, good sign. And that's what I wanted to say. I'm going to get into that in a second after I finish this story. But really good sign. Tons of water up there. My goodness, there's water everywhere. Every ditch. You know, just on these refuges. I mean, they were bone dry last year. and There's still tons of water. And this is June. I was up there the beginning of June. So anyways, I'm driving around I'm driving around a little bit, not seeing much, and I started thinking about that last shot. And I go, hold on a second. Did that bird go in that hen house? Did I capture that? I stop, put it in park, I grab my camera, <clears throat> I go to the review, and sure enough, I got that hen going all the way into that hen house. I was so stoked. I mean, because to me, taking pictures and video is exciting as shooting them. And it, it's just fun to me. I like, I really like that. I always have. And finally, you know, a couple years ago, I, I put the money into it and saved up and bought all that stuff. I still like to upgrade even farther, but right now I'm pretty happy with what I got. And I go, my goodness, I got it. There was a couple pictures out of focus um, that I was kind of bummed about, but I literally got that in. <sighs> Excuse me. I'm going to crack open this Red Bull. Ah, many of you guys had the Juneberry, the blue can? Oh my goodness. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ah, my goodness, those are good. Ooh. Still not the same as the pomegranate, but those are second best for sure. You got to try them. Blue can if you're watching on YouTube. <clears throat> that hen lift, I got the whole sequence of that hen Lifting up out of the water, on the water, lifting out of the water, swerving to the front of that hen house. I got her feet. You got to go look at these pictures. I'm telling you, it's the coolest thing ever. 
I got her feet where she's basically her feet. Her, uh, yeah. Basically, like, hooking her toenails onto that hen house. Like, because it looks to me, it's, you know, it's kind of a small opening. So, in my mind, I'm like, man, that could be kind of tough for them to enter. Like, how are they actually going to do that? Well, she basically... My favorite photo, for sure, it's the first photo of that sequence of photos, and then I go back to the very beginning, is her reaching out her feet and basically hooking her toenails so she's, like, flared back with her wings open and, like, leaned back with her her feet grabbing. And then the next one is her, like, basically lunging her head in there. And then the next one is all you see is basically her tail feathers as she's in there. I mean, it was so cool, man. Like, wow. You know, like, I, I don't think I've seen anybody capture pictures of them going in there. I don't think. I, I, I know there's pictures of them inside of it, but I don't think no one's caught pictures of them going in it. So, you know me. I was freaking out. Told a couple of friends about it thought it was really cool Travis is really stoked to hear that he thought that was really cool Sh- showed him like a little picture of a picture basically and uh anyways I came home from that and I actually just edited them yesterday and posted them and man people were loving it um just love that I do too I'm gonna keep sharing that and get that photo out there and you know that might be something Delta Waterfall actually puts on their magazine and again I wish it was a little sharper as someone I guess I'm a photographer. I don't know. Very um, on the low end of it. But I really think I could see them putting it on front of one of their magazines or definitely in their magazine somewhere. Um, Actually, I sent it to Jeff Adams. And I can't remember his title, but he's pretty up there. And he's like, do you mind if I share this to some people I know that would really like to see this? And, you know, send it up the chain. I'm like, absolutely. I mean, that's why I sent it to you. I thought I knew he'd appreciate it. And uh, it's really gotten out there, and he's shared it. And, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if they'll want to use that. I kind of – I hope they do. It would just be cool, right, to have a photo that is used like that, especially that kind of photo, a hen actually using something, a hen mallard that they really want to bring the help bring the numbers back and not let the predators get into the nest. I mean, it's so encouraging to see that. So, yeah, that was that was really cool. Uh, now jumping over to the water, like I said, there was water everywhere. There was mallards everywhere. There was hens everywhere. You could tell they were paired up and doing their thing. And, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of nests, even in some of the weirdest places too, just lots of birds, lots of water. I mean, not birds, like as in, if you were in, you know, December, January, but I'm just saying there was plenty of birds Got some more pictures of some cinnamon teal and some other, you know, I got a really cool picture of a pair of, um, uh, mine's going blank, um, scop. Uh, this drake was studded out, man. Now that cinnamon was really drab and pretty ugly looking, to be honest with you. Uh, so was some, mal- most of the mallards were pretty ugly too, but there was some studs. Um, got rained on one of the days I went up there and took pictures. That was really cool. Got some mallards in flight in the rain. Again, photos are I don't know if my settings were right. It was getting dark, plus it was overcast, so I think it was just not enough lighting to get as much as I like to get. Um, oh, got some pictures of some redheads. Um, that, I've never done that before. Again, that now that day was sunny, and it was like 11 o'clock, so the lighting is terrible, like garbage to get those real sharp, crisp, good lighting photos. But in, all in all, I don't want to 
bore you guys with that, but <clears throat> got a lot of good pictures, seen birds, lots of water, a lot of the reservoirs, all the lakes, everything is really if three quarters if they were bone dry, they're three quarters full. If they were halfway, they're full to the brim. I mean, it's just so encouraging. Snowpack is great. Really haven't got a much of a snow melt off yet. So I'm thinking a lot of these lakes and stuff might and reservoirs might even get more full is what what is what I'm hoping for, obviously. Um and then to add on to that, um, they're saying El Nino, they're saying at 80, they were in the 60 percentile a couple months ago. Right now, the last I read, which was probably three weeks ago, was 80, 80, 85% guaranteed. This is El Nino. Everything's set up for it. The warmer waters off the coast, the Pacific coast. Um, the cooler water temps, I think it was cooler water temps off the east coast. So everything's set up. Uh, the guy I follow the positive PNA the way basically how the masses of heat and systems move low pressure high pressure it's just like oh my goodness I think I can't imagine the fact that we got hammered with a La Nina which is not supposed to get that much rain and all that rain California got and actually the west coast um in January this year was phenomenal and even later in February um, and then to get an El Nino on top of that and get the rain, I mean, oh, the other thing, too, I just watched yesterday. And, and check this guy's channel. I think I've told you guys this before, but check out. If you want to watch accurate weather, check out Direct Weather on YouTube. That's the name of his channel. <clears throat> Sounds like a younger guy. Great, great guy. I'm telling you, that guy is so accurate. He's the most accurate person I've ever seen uh, with weather. I mean, he blows away your phone apps. He blows away like any weather channel or station you watch or listen to. He's good. He he knows how to read the graphs, and he's spot on. Kevin's the one that actually told me about him like a year and a half or two ago, and I've been watching him ever since. Definitely watch him. Um, how here in California, you know this is going to be supposed to be one of the coolest Junes uh, on average. Uh, we'll have a couple of hot days, but we usually have like a week of 100-plus days in California. During this time, not it doesn't look like we're even going to ever hit that this month, um, which is great. I hate the heat. Um, just watched this video yesterday. He said that this fall, for basically the whole West, um, maybe from like Nevada to the coast, basically, and up that line, if you draw a line up, it's supposed to be one of the coldest uh, falls, not necessarily winters, but coldest falls in the last 20 years. Um, I think it was 2004, almost 20 years. It was 2004, the last time they had that cool of a fall. So, I mean, things are just setting up great for this duck season. Like, I, I just can't be more excited about what this, because you got water, you got birds are nesting really good, probably even do two hatches, um, you know, two broods. Because I know there's, we've already seen a bunch of baby ducklings probably like, a month ago, so I think they're going to end up getting two hatches in. Um, so you got that going for you. you got the good weather. You're in, it sounds like you're going to get more water this year, and not just some water, substantial like ninety six California flooding water possibly this year, and it could stay in this rut for the next couple of years. So here's the thing. Bottom line, and I'm going to end this podcast here with this. 
I'm almost 40. I'm 39. I'll be 40 in January. And so guess I guess what I'm saying is I've lived long enough to see the cycles. Uh, and, you know, let's just say the last 30 years that I've re- of remembering things as a 10-year-old and on, you know, all the fog that we used to have. We call it Thule fog here in the grasslands in California. It's insane. If you've never seen it, it's not your typical fog. It's You may not see the sun for two weeks. So I remember all that all the time growing up. And partially, Partly that was because the ground was saturated because we would get rain for weeks. I remember being in school hating it, man. Like, you know, junior high or or elementary, junior high, high school, wanting to go play hoops or football or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's raining. It hasn't stopped raining for two weeks and you're just stuck inside, you know, not being able to do anything. Um, that's how it used to be. And we forget that, you know, we have three, four years of drought and dry weather and heat and all this stuff. And we're just like, man, we're, you know, and especially the media just plays everything on that with the people's emotions. And oh, it's never going to rain again. Global warming, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, last year just like shuts everybody up. They have nothing to talk. Now they're talking about flooding. They're talking about rock mudslides, rock slides, da, 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 da. So just stay encouraged, you know. The weather cycles just have done what they've always do, and it just goes in its waves. You can look back at the rings. When you cut down a tree, you can look at the rings and see the years of water, see the years of no water, and it goes in cycles. It's cyclical. That's just what it does. And so, you know, yes, we don't like to see lack of water, especially as water fowlers, but we just know at some point it's going to come back around. So just take that time to get better. But now we're in the money time, you know, now we're in this phase where, um, you're probably gonna see more people buying duck boats. You're going to see more people getting out there. I think hunting in general this year is just going to be good. I just think that's what's going to happen. And, and that comes and goes, you know? So I don't know. The only thing I foresee happening on the refuges is I foresee them still being tight on water and amount of people going in just because our lovely state loves to dump water out into the ocean. So instead of conserving this, you know, building maybe another reservoir or something just to save this water, they're just going to dump, you know, and that's what they're doing right now basically is just dumping water. So it is what it is. Um, You can get mad about it or you can just try to be better and be mobile because that's so frustrating. I But I'm not going to go off on a rant or anything about that right now. So we'll see. I think, I just think the refugee in general, all from Southern California to Northern California, is just going to be better in general. Um, I think this year's going to be good. And uh, that being said, there is going to be a lot more water. So birds are going to be spread out more. So, you know, refuges were really hot, believe it or not, two and three years ago because there was no other options for the birds to go. Um, but now they're going to be spread out a little more. There'll be more, uh, more clubs. They're going to be in the rice more because I, I'll just tell you when I drove through the Sac Valley, I haven't seen that much rice planted in probably four or five years. I mean, stuff that hasn't been planted in four or five years is just green right now. Just lush with rice. So I'm excited. What did I say? I'm like, I guess I'm going in circles kind of, but I'm just giving you updates about the rice, about the water, about the nesting, about their birds. You know, the it's it's whoo, it's a good time to be a waterfowler. That's all I gotta say. And it doesn't stop for me. Year round, it's in my head, it's in my mind. I love it. I wanna do it. I wanna study, I wanna learn, I'm gonna be a better duck caller. I wanna see, you know, 
them flourish. I want to see this nesting and things that they do, people do, we do. We support these foundations. I'm a Delta Waterfowl member. I'm a Cal Waterfowl member. Uh, there's Ducks Unlimited as well. But, uh, yeah, I it's going to be good, guys, and just giving you the updates of what I've heard uh, and seen with my own eyes and um, encourage you guys to get out there and drive through some of those waterfowl tours. They're fun to go through and see. and It's exciting, exciting, and uh, uh, that is all for the updates I got for you, what's going on. I thought that would be encouraging and exciting for a lot of people, especially in the West Coast. And uh, we got some more guests. Um, Bart Ramsey's coming on again. He'll probably be on probably two, three more times this year. And he's going to be coming on soon. We might even be recording Monday, so maybe have an episode out probably Thursday of next week. Get that one right out and answer a lot of the questions you guys had on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I took screenshots of those because we didn't hardly touch those. It's like when you do a first episode with somebody, you really got to get to know them and kind of like, you know, go through the, the background of that person. But now that we've broke those barriers, barriers, we're going to knock out a ton of questions, and I'm excited about it. And I guess I didn't say this in the last one because, Jeremy, I know you're faithful um, listening to the show, but um, uh, da, da, da. I was just going to say yes. I think it was you that said that. Maybe that was some. Let me look here. That might have actually been someone else that said that about me getting a dog from um, Bart Ramsey. I guess I didn't say that. I thought I did, but that is the plan. I plan on my next dog getting it from Southern Oak Kennels, the main base right there, because I want a pup from Rio. If you don't know who Rio is, you got to go check him out. On Southern Oak Kennels' uh, uh, social media, that dude is a bad dude. <laughs> that black lab is phenomenal. That being said, there's another guy um, for, kind of built some friendship. He's bought a picture from me, and we met, and... I've seen his dog. In fact, I think that's who Kelly's going to breed with when she comes in her next heat sometime in November. So if any of you are interested in possibly getting one of Kelly's pups, which is Rocky's daughter, the stud that uh, we found, uh, this local guy, kind of a friend of mine, we chat quite a bit, is a gorgeous dog. Beautiful lab from High Test Kennels. So uh, just keep that in the back of your thoughts and you can reach out to me around that time frame if you remember this. But I think it was Jeremy Matlock, and I appreciate Jeremy. We never talked to the phone, but we chat a lot through Facebook. But uh, I think you said, what did you say? We were talking about cut downs last time. Was that you? Yeah. You were asking about, you know, why am I not going with Chris Aikens at uh, Webfoot Kennels, which is what I had been saying for a long time I was going to do on my next dog. But... um. I when I seen Rio, I seen his drive, but I also seen his relaxed state when he's not hunting. Um, I love you, uh, UK Labs. They're gorgeous. They remind me a lot of just that blocky look. Um, but what's cool about them? They're a lot lighter. Like Rocky's like ninety ninety five hunting weight. He's like eighty nine ninety off season ninety five. These studs, these males are you know anywhere between seventy seventy five pounds. Um, 80s kind of heavy. I think he said he has one that's like 79. But you got to go listen to the episode. It's really good. And we talk about UK labs. And they're awesome. I, I'm sold out. That's, that's definitely what I want to do. Um, Chris's labs are a little bit more American. And I'm not as big on that look. But to have a great dog and, well, um, just 
a phenomenal bloodline, I would do it. But since I've seen them, that's why I'm doing this. And they, they've got incredible bloodlines. I, I literally can't wait. Um, I say I can't wait. I'm actually not looking forward. And I guess I'll make this longer than I thought because I'm going to add this in here. I, knew, I actually wanted to talk about this, but I forgot when I wrote my notes for this episode. So, oh, well, I lied to you guys again, I guess, about being a short one. But um, I don't even like talking about getting another dog because, trust me, Rocky is my pal, my buddy. And I do not even like thinking about that. And he's not even six yet, but I talked to Barton and I've talked to other people and they said the same thing. You really need to get your next dog around that when your your other do- older dog is between six and seven. I was going to wait till Rocky was seven, between seven and eight. But when I started thinking about it, I was like, yeah, that probably is the better choice because let's see if I get him, he'll be six, six and a half when I get my next pup. Uh, a year, be two months, be seven and a half. It can hunt that next season when Rocky's almost eight. Yeah. And then, yeah. So it's, and then her, this pup's second year would be Rocky would be nine. So it, it actually works out. Dog's full bore ready to go pretty much two years. And noses developed and all that good stuff. So um, it's really sad to think about Rocky slowing down. Um, he doesn't right now. He's not slowing down at all. I mean, he's totally fine. He's still young. He's not even, he's in his prime basically. But what's sad is they get in their prime and they're only in that prime for like three years, you know? So it's kind of depressing and it's sad, you know, for Rocky and I don't know how Rocky's going to take to another one. He's such a friendly dog. I think he'll just be licking the pup half to death and it's going to be great to train, you know, with Rocky and Kelly and this new pup, um, I think I got a name picked out in my head that I like. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I don't know who the mom is going to be. I know it's going to be Rio for sure. I haven't decided. It's kind of what they decide. I don't, I'm not really too picky. Their females aren't like they look pretty, like they're good looking, but they're not like, I just, females just don't look the same. I just, I don't know how to explain it other than smaller. Not saying I don't want to ever will get a female lab, but. I'm part of me is about how good the dog is and um uh, I don't know not having to deal with the female that comes in heat and you got to keep her back and watch other stupid dog male dogs. The other part of me is I love the looks of males, bigger, blockier heads. Um I like that I don't have to worry about them being in heat. People say, "Oh yeah, they go pee on everything and hike." Yeah, I'm like, "Yeah, but you can uh, Rocky is not I don't ever think that. I never think of him being a nuisance and that stuff. So, so anyways, I don't know. We'll see. But that's the plan. Sorry, I didn't throw that in earlier. Took a little bit longer in this episode, but I'm really excited. I'm excited to have Barton on again and answer guys a lot of questions. And so that's it. Yeah, we will see you guys on the next one. Looking forward to it. Peace. Peace.